Meisers Perek Aleph, Mishnah Ches, 1.8. One more mission discussing the Gemar Malacha, the completion of the processing. We've discussed grain, we discussed wine, we discussed oil, and now we're going to discuss figs. So when it comes to figs, there's two basic ways they consumed figs. One was as a pressed fig cake, and one was as uh, figs, either fresh or dry figs. Um, so the mission is going to talk first about the eagle, the round fig, pressed fig. So the common practice was that after they would press the figs together to make like a kind of fig cake, they would um, make it look shiny, kind of like the way we put, say, um, eggs onto our challah. So they would like take a grape, let's say, cut open grape, a half grape, and smear it, push the grape against the outside of the fig cake, giving it a certain sheen. Sort of reminds me of taking an onion and cleaning off your barbecue. Um, I don't know what else. <clears throat> we do similar like that today, besides for the... But anyways, that's the story. So that is the Gemar Malach, in fact. It says, Ha'igul, when it comes to a round fig cake, Mishiyachalkenu, excuse me, Mishiyachalikenu, once, once you uh, smooth it, you uh, like kind of shine it up on the outside by using the grape to shine it up. Now we're going to digress for a minute to have a two machloksim between Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda regarding the status of when you take the grape and smear it against the outside of the fig cake, uh, what's going on over there. So the first question is, um, may one use a tevel grape to do that? Um, the thought being, if it's tevel grape juice that you're putting on this uh, fig cake, then it should might be forbidden. Um, you recall we saw previously in the parak that there's a machlokus about juice if it has a status like the fruit itself. And even though we paskin that it is, in fact, Zeyabah Alma, Medirabanan, certainly you cannot drink fruit juice, that's Tevel. So the question is, can you use a grape, or for that matter, a fig, and to get the fig juice out when the fig juice is Tevel and to smear it onto the outside as like a varnish to the outside of the fig cake? So the Tanakhama says, yes, you may. Machalikin v'te'enim uva'anavim shall Tevel. You can use a fig or a grape to give that sheen to the fig cake. And the fact there's oil, there's no, the, the fact that there's juice coming out of the fig or the grape and onto the cake of figs is not relevant because it's kind of going like, to, it's being wasted. It's not, it's like going to loss. It's not being drunk and as juice. And therefore, it's not significant. Rabbi Huda disagrees. He is Oster. He says, no, the fruit juice remains significant and you would have to first have tithed the fig or the grape, prior to using it as an agent to shine up the fig cake. Halach like Tanakama, meaning we don't consider the shine that's given from rubbing a grape or fig on the outside of the fig cake to be significant. The second machlokus um, between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda is regarding that juice on the outside of the fig cake, if that's considered to be heksher, if it's considered to be applying and wetting with a liquid that readies the food stuff, in this case, the fig cake, to be susceptible to tumah. The Mishnah says, If you use grapes to give um, the shine to the fig cake, remember, grapes and grape juice, I should say, is one of the seven Yad Shacha Dam liquids that are effective for Heksha, for reading food to become tummy. That's why we dropped mention of the figs in this part of the Mishnah, because fig, fig and fig juice is not, uh, is not able to be Mahaksha, anyways. But uh, the question is, is a, a grape pressed against the side of the Fig cake to give a shine is that considered to be a grape juice and be machshir and ready the fig cake to become tummy? 
So Tanakama says, Hamachlik ba'avanim lohuchshar. If you did shine it with, gra- with grapes, lohuchshar, the fig cake remains um, impervious to tumah. But Rabbi Yehuda Omer huchshar. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, the juice is significant, and therefore it is machshar. It readies the fig cake to become tummy. Again, halacha like Tanakama, that's not affecting hechshar. Now, that was for fig cakes. The other way you eat figs is as dried figs, aside from fresh figs. So the dried figs, hagrogros, when it comes to dried figs, mishiyadush, once you press them into the container, like you jam them in, at that point, that's the gmor malacha. So <clears throat> that's straightforward. The question is, if you jam them into a container only halfway, then you add more figs, is the additional figs significant, like a second batch, a second harvest? Don't forget, when it comes to figs, unlike other foodstuffs. Um, there's not one single harvest for figs. If you recall back from, for example, Masechus Peya, Demai and so on, we talked about how um, figs are exempt, let's say, from Peya because it's not they're not likitas um, they're not all harvested at once. Figs are growing on the fig tree throughout the summer. It's not one harvest. So the point is you might like press your figs and put them into the barrel and then weeks later take another batch and put more into the barrel. The question is, is the second batch you add um, significant to the processing of the first half, or no, they're independent of one or the other. The difference in the would be if the second batch is important to the pressing of the first batch, so then it's not Gmar Malach when you put the first batch in because it's still waiting for the second batch, and therefore the bottom batch really hadn't re- reached Gmar Malacha yet. Whereas if the second batch is not really relevant, so you pack the first batch and that's sufficient to make Gmar Malacha, so then they become forbidden the first batch becomes forbidden immediately upon packing them in there, um, and Achilles is forbidden. And the Mishnah then will illustrate this point and the Maklokus about the status based on the fact that it says, Hagrogros Mishi, oh, excuse me, um, I'm sorry, I got a tiny bit ahead of myself, I skipped a couple words. The Mishnah says, when it comes to Grogros, if you're packing them into a barrel, Mishi Yadush, when you pack them in with a stick, and Umagura, if you're keeping them in a storage room, then Mishi Yagel, when you just um, make them into like a neat circle. That's considered Gmar Malacha. But now, as I said before, about the question about the second batch, Hayadash Bechavis Umagel Bamagura. If you've gone and smushed in a batch of dried figs into the barrel, or you've arranged them inside the storage room, and then um, bef- before you've put in the second batch, Nishbara Hachavis, the barrel bursts, Veniftacha Hamagura, or the Magura, the storage room, pops open. And the figs spill out onto the floor. The question is, may one eat from those figs awry still? So Tanakama says, no, you may not. Lo yochel You can't eat from them uh, casually because the Gmarmalacha happened. You packed them in the barrel. You put them into the storage room. Rabbi Yossi Mater. Rabbi Yossi says, not true. He says, since an integral part of the processing of the figs is filling the storehouse of the barrel fully, and this barrel wasn't yet fully filled up when it burst open, hadn't had a Gmarmalacha, and therefore... Rabiosi is matir. Rabiosi says Achilles remains permitted because the Gemar Malacha hasn't occurred yet until the whole barrel is stuffed to the gills with stuffed dry figs. Um, the Bartanura goes like the Rambam and says, Ein Rabiosi, meaning he passed like Tanakama, that Achilles is forbidden. I mean, if it wasn't filled up all the way with dried figs. And many um, other Mepharshim go the other way based on Arishalmi, and they say indeed like Rabiosi until the container that's storing the dried figs is fully filled up, you have not reached Gmar Malacha.